0: Hello and welcome to part 3 of my look at the Fly franchise in David Cronenberg's The Fly from 1986. Now, When I was a kid some movies would freak me out or just gross me out to the point which I wouldn't have watched them and Cronenberg's body horrors were among them. I saw this at an all night horror fest back in 2004 of other body horrors such as Hellraiser 2 and Event Horizon. To be honest the fingernail part still grosses me the fuck out. However. Having seen Cronenberg's other movies and other body horrors, this one is pretty lame. So with that, I guess it's on with the show, starring Jeff Goblin, Gina Davis, John Getz and David Cronenberg, directed by David Cronenberg. The plot, a mad scientist invents a teleporter, however things go wrong, when he accidentally murdered with a fly during one of his experiments. The movie opens, and right off the bat, I'm getting aliens off the theme, a Movie I'll be covering next month. After the boring titles, which Marvel stole for X-Men, well kinda, as it's sort of the Geno, the movie opens in a very 80s party with Veronica Queef, played by Gina Davis, who was in everything in the 80s from Transylvania 65000 to Peter Juice, to death goes easy, to the 90s feminist iconic classic movie Thelma and Louise who is interviewing Seth Brundle, played by the one ORAOC, now let me think, Jeff Goblin, who is uh, 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 giving the same performance as an old geek slash scientist. And i will be the end of that piss-poor impression. Anyway, as we have seen, he gives the same performance in every movie and or TV show. He's always the same, the twitchy, bumbling, nervous, energetic performance in Jurassic Park and Dynasty cats and dogs, hell even Will and fucking Grace. My lord. Anyway, moving on. So, Goldblum gets Davis to go back to his lab with him with an offer of a cappuccino and the thing that will change the world as we know it. But all Davis can do is roll her eyes and I don't blame her one little iota with Goldblum's creepy bug-eyed and manic behaviour. However, he takes her to the world's dodgiest area in this super 80s small hatchback car which she gets in. but more on that later. Once inside, after padlocking them in, he sits down to a piano and plays Beethoven to her saying she can't leave as she saw the pods, immediately putting me on edge as this guy has none of it if he's trying to become creepy. What she thinks are designer phone boxes because of course the 80s. Where everything was weirdly designed to look like shit. So to prove his invention works, he teleports one of her stilt stockings, much to her surprise. He tells her as a teleporter that not even he knows how it works. So a great inventor there, as he quote farms out for stuff, using much more greater men than him. So he's a very great scientist slash inventor there. Then, mm. however, he freaks her. He freaks out when her dictating machine. Stops using full-size folks, not micro tapes, your folks—not micro-tapes. God knows why. So she says, he knew she was a journalist and a writer for Particle Magazine. Yeah, because Gina Danger just screams journalist. Oh dear! She runs straight to editor, well, the next day it'll be, and tries to sell him the story. But he doesn't believe it, saying it's an old nightclub magic trick. Just then, Brundle shows up, and he meets Strathis Boris played by John Getz, who then runs off, because he's a great fucking editor there. Even if he thinks this is a con or a hoax, he could at least have sat and listened, have heard him out or other. I mean come on, two minutes. Just like that, the two are on a date and seem to fall in love. Ok, so this is a romantic body horror monster movie. Ok then. He tells her he can only teleport inanimate objects, I like that's a little thing. On itself, that little thing itself would change the fucking world. Ugh. And while teleporting living things, well, not while you're eating, which is pretty much this movie's tagline. He gets her to stop her magazine article for a book journaling the progress of his invention as he finally teleports himself through the pods. So going back to her apartment looking like the 80s and beige threw up. She finds her editor in the shower. Hello, sexual harassment much? Ugh, god. We also find out the two are former lovers and they lived with each other. Also, judging by the amount of ashtrays in her apartment, she is a very heavy smoker, folks. My god, there's like six, seven dotted over the place filled with cigarette doubts or buds. Moranis says he's done some digging into Brundle and he is quite brilliant for no reason. Well, maybe because he's a creepy douchebag she throws him out. Meanwhile, back at the lab, Brundle tries to teleport a baboon, however it comes out inside out and dies shortly after. Interviewing Brundle via camcorder, that's match camcorder folks, Veronica asks what he is feeling and why the experiment didn't work, saying the computer doesn't know about the flesh and he needs to teach it about the flesh and this is the first of many times he says flesh like that and quick front, not need a fuck out when he says flesh. That night, Veronica asks Brando why he's always wearing the same clothes. However, he points out to the wardrobe and says these are fresh clothes. Saying he has five or thing, the exact same. Saying he owned it from Einstein. So that, that way he'd have to worry about stuff in the morning and just picks up the next outfit. Yet more forced love story as Veronica comes on to Brando and they make love. After sex... Brando has a Eureka moment, no comment on his the sex there, so he cuts a steak in half and teleports half, fries both them up and gets Ronnie to eat them, with her saying the teleported half tastes quote, funky. Then Brando explains why the computer doesn't go crazy for flesh, like little ladies pinching little babies faces, so he teaches it just like that. Leaving the next day to go shopping, Ronnie is stopped by her jealous ex-boyfriend saying she's onto something big with him saying yeah, his cock which causes her to fly into a rage and finally dumps him. So she was cheating on him with Brando. then. Yes well done there love. Days later Brundle teleports another baboon which comes out perfect so they drink champagne to celebrate with Ronnie saying just imagine now you're never going to get carsick again with Brundle adding C or airsick. So let me get straight. He invents a teleporter so he won't get travel sickness. Jeez, there's a pill trap, mate. You know, Christ, that poor boon didn't have to die. Moving on. More forced romance as Ronnie that wants to go for a break after knowing Brundle for less than two months. She has also changed his wardrobe and him from an eccentric scientist to a rich man about town with covered shirts and leather jackets galore. Very 80s. After getting a magazine mock-up, with Brundle on the cover and her story splashed all over it, Ronnie walks out on the romantic meal to deal with her jealous ex. She just barges into Strathus's office, Office even, saying it's her story, not his, however he points out he is in fact the editor, and he sent her to the Bartok party that night where they first met, therefore the story is his. However, Stratus agrees to back off while she works on the story. Meanwhile getting drunk on champagne, Brundle talks to the baboon, or himself, about Ronnie and Strathus. So he teleports himself but oh no there's a fly buzzing around, while teleporting himself from one pod to another, which by the way can we say looks like alien eggs. Now just wait a minute here, even their poster ripped off alien, jesus jinkies get some originality 80s christ almighty. Randall fails notice nor hear the fly buzzer around the pod with him, so he teleports with it and emerges into him. All the while the moon tears up the sofa, cause you gotta love, you can't work with bloody wild animals, I mean literally this thing is ripping apart the fucking sofa cushions and the seat and god knows what. <sighs> <sighs> Returning to the lab, Ronnie finds Seth in bed. Seth tells her he went through last night, all because he was drunk and upset about her and Strathus. But he was jealous, so as a great scientist there, he just jumps into his invention, no matter tastes, on a baboon or nothing. So after fixing their frankly forced relationship, they make love yet again, planting the seeds for a sequel, more on up next week. Seth is awakened by another fly, which he catches in his bare hands, just like that. Waking hours later, Ronnie finds Seth, or at the very least, Goblin's standing doing a gymnastic routine on an armchair. Then yet more gymnastic team on a pipe in the kitchen of the loft slash lab. Slaying off, he now has super strength and is as nimble as a fly. The next day, in yet more forced romance, we see Seth and Ronnie walking around town as he buys a love trinket. Then the two stop for coffee with Seth saying he feels great, that he feels renewed as he pours sugar into coffee. And it's here. We get goblin in full goblum effect, acting with wide eyes, stammering, stuttering, wild hands, table banging and manic over acting. To the OTT here. Oof. After a man love making session, according to Ronnie, she finds a weird black hairs on Seth's back, where earlier in the movie, he cut himself on a processor chip they found while making love in bed. So Ronnie cuts them off to get tested. Just then, Seth tries to force Ronnie to go through, saying he's never felt better, that he has power surging through him. However, failing to notice his sugar addiction and mood swings, also the spots over his face and weird hairs sprouting here and everywhere, also his skin has changed colour. So after a long rant, after Ronnie refuses to go through, Seth stomped off to find another victim, going to a bar while knocking back candy bars like tomorrow. He picks up an unnamed Tony and takes her back to the lab after he breaks her boyfriend's arm during arm wrestling. How very 80s is that folks? Arm wrestling. Mm. The next day, after drinking all night, Seth takes the Tony home. She's actually called Towie in the credits. Anyway, she's called Jay Bushell for all she's worth. Who does her best? Sharon Stone. As Seth shows her his teleporter in action just before... Seth tries to force the townie to go through. Ronnie shows up and has a line of the movie in Be Afraid, Be Very Afraid. Once Towie leaves, Ronnie tells Seth about their hairs saying they aren't human but insect. Seth doesn't listen to her and after punching a hole through a dry wall, throws her out. In the bathroom, Seth looks in the mirror and finally sees all the spots on hairs growing over his face. And this is a bit like Grosham out. He pulls his fingernaith fingernails off in some gross 80s effect as pus splits out of them. Going to the computer he finds out what's wrong with him, with it saying he has alien DNA that of a fly in his system and he is now part fly. And as I write this there's a bloody fly crawling across my TV screen and that is just fucking creepy folks. It, weeks later Seth calls Ronnie asking for help and for her to come over. Going there, Ronnie finds the loft is never a mess, with donut boxes, candy wrappers and other snack boxes scattered around everywhere. In the lab, she finds a disfigured, crippled, twitching, rambling Seth explaining he wasn't alone the first time he went through, that the computer spliced him with a fly. He then refuses help, and then throws up a donut and tries to eat it. Just then, his ear falls off, and I'm sorry if you're eating while well. listening to this, folks, Running to Strathus for help, he tells her to stay away from him, which she refuses. So, he asks her to tape Seth. Going back to the loft, she finds Seth crawling on the ceiling. In the same way, Wes Craven made Tina roll around her bedroom in a nightmare one, by nailing or glowing everything down and just turning the room as Goblin moves. Simple. Not freaked out by the fact that Seth is now crawling on the ceiling, Ronnie asks what does disease wants, with Seth saying to turn him into a man fly, or if he calls it a Brundle fly. Seth gets her to record him eating, which disgusts Strathus, watching it back as Goldblum gleefully twitches and throws up on his donut making my stomach turn. Ronnie comes home telling Strathus she is indeed pregnant with Seth's baby, setting up for the fly too. Going to the clinic to have an abortion, by the way spot Cronenberg as one of the doctors she gives birth to a maggot, which turned out to be a nightmare. That's okay then. Mm. Sitting at his computer, Seth comes up with a solution about how he needs one or more pure humans to splice with the DNA fly out of him to make him 100% human again. However, the computer doesn't recognise his voice. As his teeth falls out, with Goldblum now wearing a full body suit, he goes to the mirror and places them in the medicine cabinet next to the other parts of his body that fell off such as ears, fingernails and even his penis floating in a jar. Gross. Ronnie shows up to tell him she's pregnant however before she can he chases her off saying he's dangerous and he may actually kill her. In tears Ronnie about forces Strathis to take her to a clinic to get the baby took out for overhearing this while on the roof. A ticked off Seth follows them to a doctor's office where she plans on having an abortion. Smashing through the clinic's window, Seth kidnaps Ronnie, pleading with her to have the baby as the last part of him that is truly human. Strathus follows him back to the loft with a shotgun and lighter fluid. He finds out that Seth has a program running with three pods waiting for human DNA to get Seth back to being human. Just then, leaping from the ceiling, Brundlefly attacks Strathus first by melting off his hand in some really disgusting 80s melting effects and then his foot. Just before killing him however, Ronnie stops him. With Brundlefly crawling up the wall to get her down from the loft roof. He tries to get her into the teleporter pod as he goes into the other one as the computer splices all three together in one body. So Ronnie fights back slapping Brundlefly's jaw off. However, it just pulls her onto one of the pods all the while body parts are finally falling off as he is now turning into a fly body in some really disgusting 80s effects, all practical of course and yes I'm sorry folks if you're eating here. With the computer counting down, Ronnie is now locked in a pod and it's down to Strathis to stop this by shooting the cable to Ronnie's pod causing it to fail. Seeing this the Brundle fly tries to stop it however fails to exit his pod in time and is teleported to the third pod. Where the computer fuses Brundlefly with the pod door Justice as Strathus lets out Ronnie with Brundlefly slash pod coming out of the third pod. So Ronnie kills it with a shotgun to the head blowing it clean off with tears in her eyes as credits roll. So that was The Fly 1986. A body horror with some great but gross 80s practical effects and some OTT acting from Goblin. I'm going to give this thing a 7 out of 10. So we'll come back next week for the fourth and final Fly movie. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod and email me movie suggestions at Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Bye.